Hey everybody, welcome to Making It. It's episode 122, and I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Picciuto. I lost my keys. Lost your keys? And your beard. Yeah, my beard, yeah. I lost, (laughs) well, I I shaved off the beard hoping to turn my luck around. So I lost my keys, and it's really... Thought Thought they were in your beard? Yeah, I thought they were in the beard. It's really screwing things up. Like, it was the only key I had to my dad's house. I lost the key to my P.O. box, and so Eric has the other one, so I got to get with him to get that. And then uh, I lost – I don't have a, one of those bloop bloops anymore Oh, to the and, because I lost oh. a set of keys three years ago. And so I, lo- I just lost my last bloop bloop, and I keep forgetting to lock my car, and it got broken into. Oh. And so I'm like, yeah, oh. I'm like, you know what? Dude. Let's just shave off the beard and start over. That's and good. so here I am. Man, that's a bummer. Yeah, you can't so get no a bloop bloop where the keys from the dealer. Uh, you can. I, well, They're expensive. Yeah, I mean, I have a bloop bloop, but it hasn't been programmed. I got right. one off of Amazon or something like years ago, and I got to figure out how to get it programmed. Um, but you know, that going to the dealership or you know, that, that's a that's a whole day of blah. You know, actually, bloop, you shouldn't bloop. you shouldn't have to go to the dealership okay. because my old car, uh, we lost one of them, and I bought a pack of them like a pack of four or something on Amazon. And it was one of those things where like you take it into the car and you turn the key halfway and then back off and then on twice and then back off. And then you step on the gas pedal and the car starts going ding, ding, ding. It's weird. And then you, um, you press the button and hold it and then the light starts blinking and it's programmed. It's like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. (laughs) Pretty much. There's a bunch of stuff like that in cars. I'm sure it's different for every car. Like if you want to turn off the seatbelt ding, you like turn the car on two times in a row, wait five seconds, plug in one seat belt, turn the car on and unplug the seat belt and the ding's gone. It's like this weird stuff. I just got no, I'm writing that down. So could you yeah. say that again slow? <laughs> <laughs> Basically just push all the buttons, plug in all the things really fast. <laughs> stuff will turn on and off and you'll be totally safe. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Every time I get my car back from an oil change, it always says how much percentage you have left. And it's, you know, I just got an oil change, so it's, I should expect it to say 100%, and it says 1% or 2%. And then I got to Google how to make it go back to 100%. And then uh. it's the same thing. Turn the car off, step on the gas pedal like three times, turn the car half key. Yeah, and then all of a sudden that indication on the dashboard huh. goes away, and it says I have 100% oil life left. It's pretty cool. Crazy. Oh, I forgot to introduce you. We have Jimmy on the show today. Oh, hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Not much. I have uh, a house full of people. If anybody's watching on Snapchat, I'm teaching my friends how to use Snapchat. So I'm sorry for that. Today is uh, Memorial Day. And um, yeah, and so been busy all weekend, just uh, working a little bit in the garage, the new big, uh, we call it the warehouse. So working in the warehouse a little bit, working on my Tormach machine, engraving new ice picks, and uh, working on my new power hammer. If you guys saw my vlog. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did. began to do the restoration on some of the parts. All the parts are there, but <clears throat> in its previous life, it got worn out. And I bought it from a guy who was going to restore it for the owner. And the, the owner moved, and he said to his friends who were housing it, just sell it to whoever wants it. And so I bought it. I bought it, and the guy who has it, I picked it up from him, and he gave me some quick instructions. He, you know, he kind of gauged my skill set, and he gave me some quick instructions on what I should do to, to get it going. And I jumped, I jumped in last uh, couple of days, and I've been working on it. And 
It's cool. It's a big giant hunk of steel, and I know it'll just kind of sit around and rust if I don't make it come back to life. So I wanted to get right into it. Yeah, so nice. I'm working on that and organizing, and then now after a long few days up here, after our podcast, i got to get my stuff together and go back to New York. So hmm. it's like the yeah. end of summer camp. It's been like four days. <laughs> got to go home and say goodbye to everybody. Gotcha. That vlog was... Um it was really cool because that that I think that was the first time I'd seen like your entire warehouse, like a big wide view of the whole thing. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. I just missed it. Maybe, but it was cool, man. It's nice to see it Thank that you. way. Yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. It's huge. It's a hundred feet by fifty, with like a twenty-five foot ceiling. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. And there's like, and just like my other basement space where I had a couple of offshoots, that too has a couple of offshoots, which I'm not really in. They're not in my lease, but the landlord doesn't probably care at all if I begin to use them. So. I have that, and now I have my garage. So, like, everything's like kind of loosening up a little bit where I kind of had all this stuff kind of tightly packed together. Now that I have room, kind of alleviates the, the congestion that I had in my little garage here. So, I'm like able to make that just the machine shop, and that's going to basically be everything. And, yeah, it's cool. And I could drive a truck in there, and the trailer is in there with a the power hammer on it, so I figure out how to move it. So, it's cool. It's, it gives life a little bit of more breathing room. And I pay yeah. half the rent in this big giant space as I was paying in New York City. <laughs> Actually, crazy. half the rent. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to end up saving a lot of money because you're going to eventually lose your not have to pay for the apartment in the city yeah. and the shop in the city and also and New York City shop. sales tax. I mean, New York City, you know, income tax. Oh yeah. So that's going to wow. save me a lot of money as well. So once my residency is up here and I'm here more of the time than I'm down there. Definitely be able to qualify for that, and yeah, it's going to be interesting. I got to move my my address, my driver's license address up here, and everything. Mm. It's fun. I've been thinking about that, all, all the stuff that has to be moved, you know, because I'm moving out of state. So, <clears throat> I guess like I mean, you'll have to get a new driver's license, but you know, I was just thinking about I have to move like PO box and all of our personal stuff, and then I have to get utilities set up at the new place in a different state, and I'm not there to handle it. So I have to do it all over the phone and then to get everything cut off here, but I have to leave the power on because we're going to try to sell the house. Ugh, you know, it's just... Is your house up for sale of, now? Uh, not yet. We are going to put it up pretty soon, but we have the opportunity to move out before we mm-hmm. put it up. And I think it'll sell better if it's empty. So yeah, that's kind of the plan. Or we may end up putting it up, you know, when it's close to empty rather than completely um, just to kind of get the ball rolling. But... We're not necessarily in a hurry to, to sell it right away. So once we get out of it, yeah, it'd be good to sell it. Yeah. So, Oh, speaking of, so I went, uh, got back like five minutes before we started recording uh, from taking the first load of stuff to the new house. So that was exciting and exhausting at the same time. But it's pretty cool to take a truck up there and actually get rid of some stuff, you know, out of this house. And it was all non-essential stuff, so it was... Uh, Furniture that, you know, we're not really going to miss on a daily basis and just a bunch of things like that. Just a couple of things from the shop and the office, not a whole lot. Some music equipment that I'm not going to play anytime soon. So, um, but it was nice to get up there and actually start looking at it and start looking at, so we're going to do a bunch of a renovation to the house. And so it was interesting to finally get to look at, uh, hardwood floors there and take some samples into the house and see them in the light of the house, you know, and like take them in different rooms Hmm. and then look at the walls that we want to move and try to figure out exactly what needs to move and how we want to change it, make it, you know, useful for us. So it's going to be a lot of stuff happening at one time, which is exciting, but also just kind of nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's expensive doing all that stuff at one time. I'm doing it yeah. now. Like every yeah. time it's like, oh, I need this. Okay, two hundred dollars on Amazon. Oh, I need that. Four hundred dollars at Home Depot. Oh, I need this. Thousand dollars from Albany Steel. And all of a sudden, you're spending more than you're earning. You got to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm trying to keep keep that in mind so I don't overspend with renovation. Sorry, David. What? And we're um we're kind of in this weird spot where like the we're putting our house up for sale, hopefully next month. And you know the realtor is like wants us to have furniture in the house for staging. I'm like, we don't own two sets of furniture. What do we do? We're not really in a position to buy a whole bunch of new furniture right now. And so it's, we are definitely spending lots of money. And I'm also trying to clean up my dad's house and get that thing sold. It's, it's a mm. the summer of, of, of hecticness. Is that a word? Yeah. Hecticness? It is now. All right. <laughs> Maybe you could move the furniture out of his place into your place for staging and then sell it. Well, the condition of the furniture is not proper for staging. Nah, yeah. Not stage worthy. Not yeah. stage worthy. There's, there's like companies, I mean, of course this is money, so I'm you know saying this. Um, there are companies that will come in and bring, temporarily bring furniture in, stage your house until it sells, and then they take the furniture back, you know. Yeah. Um, hmm. um, which I have no clue how much that costs. It may totally not be worth it, but I know that helps sell houses sometimes. So, but I, I think would we're prefer to look for, at an empty house. But that's just yeah, me. I think we're shooting for an empty house. I think yeah. that'd be it makes it look bigger and people envision their own stuff in there instead of yeah. yours. So, yeah. So, what are we talking about today? Um, you want to talk about what's your therapy? How do you? combat a bad day sure i don't know where to go with this hmm i just have a title yeah just a title <clears throat> okay i got a couple things i could say about that yeah, yeah. go for it uh well you know uh, what's a bad day I, I tend to find like i lose control of the day and i haven't had like a really bad day where i'm upset or really sad about anything in particular um but I find a bad day for me in the shop is when I just can't control the day and I can't control who's visiting me and I can't control that I can't get materials and the day just spirals out of control. And lately when me and Brad are working together and he'll look at me and he'll like roll his eyes and I'll be like, it's out of all control. There's nothing we can do. We just got to ride the wave and see who walks down the stairs next or, you know, what breaks next or what isn't available next. And I just, I've become, I've gotten to the point where I could easily just let go. And where I used to get frustrated and be like, not be able to control what's going on and get mad and annoyed. Now I just let go and go, all right, you know what? Today's not the day that I'm going to start that video. Today's not the day I'm going to finish this other product. Or today's not the day I'm going to move my bandsaw and my table saw into the truck for the move, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's always tomorrow and June 30th is, you know, still four weeks away. I got plenty of time. And uh, yeah, I just, I've given in, but maybe that just comes with old age. I guess I'm older and wiser, in quotes, air quotes, just knowing that it's just out of your control. And I just wait for the next day. And when I have a day like that, and I really feel like I've lost complete control of the day, I try to go to bed early and I get up at like six in the morning and I start my day at six in the morning. So I can do all the things I needed to do the day before, before 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, before the interruptions begin, my phone starts ringing, the text messages start coming in and... That's what really that's what really screws up my day is like the text message, the email, 
people need answers. You know, I have so many small little projects that are lingering. And, you know, the people that listen to this that know me and know that, I apologize. I've started a couple of collaborations with people and they, they linger. And I just, it's just because, especially now we're all moving and I'm moving and it's just really, the day just gets like sucked out from under your feet. And all of a sudden you're yeah. like, what's for dinner? What am I, what am I got to stop? When do I start breaking down? You know, whatever it is I've set up for this day. And that's it. I just got to the point where I just know, okay, there's always tomorrow. And I haven't missed any deadlines lately, but some of them are creeping up a lot quicker than I thought. And uh, I just got to drop everything that's not a priority and get on that as a priority. For instance, my Core 77 video, which I was just talking to you guys about before we started. I have to to finish that today. Today's Monday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. has to be done in the Dropbox tomorrow night. And I have a couple of simple ideas, simple but good. You know, now I want to I want to make simple things because of the timeline, but I also want them to be impactful. So I got to work through that, and then I'll be driving home from upstate tonight, so I have plenty of time to sit and think on that while I'm in the car for three hours. So yeah, it's just a matter of trying to utilize the time. Yeah, that I do have control think, of. Yeah, I think for me, like I'm kind of like you. I haven't had any like really bad days where a whole bunch of horrible things have happened or anything, um, but I. What seems to be the bad day that I have more often than not is just being overwhelmed. Yeah. So when I I start thinking, especially with all the moving stuff, Mm -hmm. but just, so just thinking about, you know, work, I'll think that I have, I have to shoot this video, but then I also have to design the thing for tomorrow. And then I have to like meetings and I have a podcast and I have the, and it, I start looking at it like that and I just get very, I don't know what, you know. Yeah. So when I get overwhelmed in that way, um, I th- the way that I've found to get out of it, and it's hard to even pick the thing to to use for this, but if I can try to brush everything aside and pick one of those many things, because they're usually all about the same weight. They all matter about the same amount. And if I can just pick one and just think about that one for about five minutes, then I can get focused and all the other stuff starts to you know, kind of fall away and I end up putting it in the order that it actually needs to happen. But it takes, when I try to look at all of it, that's when I get overwhelmed. And it takes just forcing myself to focus on one thing. And sometimes that means like, like of all that list of stuff that I just said, um, sometimes it's like, okay, I got to open SketchUp and just start designing the cabinet that just, you know, make the first piece. And then once I do that, then I'm thinking about that piece. And then I'm thinking about the next piece. And then I'm focused on that project and not, you know, but it, it just takes me being proactive enough to grab one little thing to focus on, and then stuff starts to kind of work itself out. But I have uh, something to add to that. It's exactly lately I, I get to the end of the week and I got to finish my vlog, and there's like ten people here, and they all want to hang out, and the family and friends, and and I, I just have to steal away yesterday morning to get my blog done. I, I went out into the garage at eight in the morning. I filmed that stuff of me talking. And then I came in and I was like, you know what? I'll work until they finish breakfast and then I'll get, join the crew. And whether the vlog is done or whether that's done first, it depends. I'll just figure out what happens when it happens. But I just kept saying, okay, let me do one more segment. Let me get one more segment knocked out. Let me do one more segment. And then all of a sudden it was like maybe 10 o'clock and I was done. I was like, everyone's like, hey, breakfast is ready. I'm like, I'm done with my vlog. But the idea of chipping away, like chipping mm-hmm. away at it and just putting one little step in front of the other. It's like, okay, like you said, you just say, there's, there's a firestorm in front of me. I can't figure out which one is... I can't work on everything at once. i got to just grab one thing out of the air, focus on it, and deal with it. And as I said 
earlier and I just said now, I get up ahead of the pack, wake up super early, and it gives me a nice head start. And if I know that if I had those three or four hours before everybody else wakes up, before my email starts chiming and before the text messages start coming in, then I feel like, okay, at least I got those three hours running start. And this isn't going to be a second wasted day in a row where I just lose control of my my to-do list. Hmm. I think a bad day for me is can have a lot of times on Tuesdays. That's when I have Eric over, and so we are, I'm paying somebody to be with me, and so time is very important. And when something goes wrong, I cut a board too short, and then I don't have an extra board to to finish the project or I don't have the screws, or the glue-up didn't work as planned, those get really frustrating to me because then I know, like, we are not finishing the project today. That just Then that throws uh, a wrench into my entire week because I have a pretty structured week. And I've had a couple of times where it was embarrassing where I'm, like, cursing and throwing my arms up, and I'm like, I'm doing this in front of my friend, like, I'm I'm setting mm-hmm. I'm setting the wrong attitude here, and I'm trying to show like the the fun side of woodworking in my videos. It's a little hard to do when when you're not having a good day, and um, what I find in that immediate moment where a board breaks or I make a mistake, I have a hard time pulling myself out of the situation and looking at it mm-hmm. from a distance where I just like everything is ruined. Let's just quit. But if I give myself a second and I step back or we take an early lunch or we just take a break, if I have time to breathe, I can usually figure out a solution and, and, and move along. And it's not the end. It's not, I have to – it takes me a second, but I realize it's not the end of the world. It's just I, – I don't know. I wish, I wish I could get to that point where I could pull back out of the moment sooner instead of, yeah. instead of that instant reaction of you know cursing or yelling or just – walking away i need to do that less and i'm getting better at that because it's embarrassing especially when i do it and you know in front of my wife or in front of eric or whatever so yeah yeah step back and like jimmy says going to bed solves so many problems <laughs> so many problems it, re- it really does it, it's like hitting the reset button on on the nintendo yeah. and and I I come up with so many solutions while trying to go to bed too. I have a lot of aha moments while I'm laying in bed right before I fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, the taking the second is a big thing and I know I always bring this maybe unwanted parenting slant to our conversations, but that's a huge thing that I struggle with with kids. And it's, you know, the same kind of situation where the kids will do something that I don't expect or something that makes my life a little bit harder. And my initial reaction is like, come on, like, stop that. You know, I get like the mean dad thing. In reality, it's probably not as big of a deal as I'm making it. It's just my reaction is a combination of what they did and whatever I'm focused on or whatever I'm feeling or how my day's been or whatever. And you're right. Taking that split second to just like like before I yell, let me or before I get angry, let me take a second to figure out is this actually a big deal? And usually it's not. And then that is so much more beneficial for them and for me to take that second rather than erupting, you know, because that just doesn't really help anybody. It doesn't set a good example. It usually doesn't actually correct anything that I want to correct about them. Um so yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And it's something I have a hard time with. I mean, you know, in that 
like in the shop, I, I can, if something goes wrong, I can, okay, well, I'll just deal with that. But with kids, that's a little bit harder for me to deal with. Mm-hmm. So if anybody out there listening has any good tips on how to immediately like step back from that and not have that explosion, I would, I would love to hear any suggestions. Well, I kind of I kind of grew up with that, and then I, I took on that personality from my dad. No disrespect to my dad, but he's calmed down quite a bit. But David Welder calls it a hammer thrower. Like when you work for somebody that's a hammer thrower, that loses. Mm. Like you know, if you cut the two by four too short, my dad was that guy. My dad was the guy that would kick stuff and throw hammers, and and Dave's dad was that as well when he was growing up. And so he and I bonded on that when we very first met, and. I never did that because I realized how unproductive it was when you're on a job site and someone's having a bad day and they start throwing stuff or, you know, if you screw up the only piece of wood. Dave always complimented me and I never really, I guess I don't really, I'm not sure that I consciously did it. I just knew that that's how my dad was and I never wanted to be like that because I was always the one that was getting yelled at for, you know, dropping something or spilling the glue or whatever, you know, just completely pointless stuff. My dad has calmed down. A thousand times. I think it's because like the way I behave and my sister, we've reverberated back to him and he kind of sees like, now that I'm adult, I'm operating, I'm doing my thing for him to lose his temper over something stupid is, is really pointless. He's kind of matured as he got older. But David always said uh, he enjoyed working with me because I never did lose my cool like that. He, I was never a hammer thrower. I was like, a, oh, all right, now if the board's shorter, let's figure out how to redesign the project with the shorter board. Or what can we do? Can we go right now and run uptown and take an hour out of our day and go get the new board or whatever it might be? And it's always the better practice to try and problem solve your way out of a bad mistake like that than lose your cool. I mean, and that that being said, I've lost my cool. I, I It's so funny. A couple of weeks ago, I was welding something and the welding tip, I kept bopping it and the welding tip would weld back on the, the tip of the gun and I'd pull the trigger and the the wire would nest inside of the machine. It would mm. bird nest because I was welding too close. And I did it for the last time and I smacked the gun on the table like 50 times <laughs> to try and undo the ball and I just completely bent the whole end of the welding gun up. And that's on camera somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, be- like, I instantly banged it on the table like probably 10 times to try and undo the weld, the, the tip. And uh, I was laughing by the time I was done. I lost my temper, but uh-huh. I was laughing. I was like, what an idiot I am. Anyway, I took the whole tip apart, fixed it. and Go ahead, Dave. Uh, there's been a couple of times where I, I've caught the explosion on camera. Yeah. You know, whether <laughs> whether Eric's here or Eric's not. It's usually – I don't, I explode less when somebody else is in the room. It's when I'm by myself. It's, right. it's when I let loose. And I, I have some of those on camera. And when I get to that point in editing – I I try so hard to not watch that. I don't want to see myself like that because I'm right. so embarrassed for myself. Right. Hmm. Oh, that's awful. funny. Yeah, well. I mean, yeah. do you think it would be helpful to watch that? No. To, like, th- reinforce the thing that you don't want to do? I've, no, I think it'll just make me call myself an idiot. And I, uh, uh, yeah. I, just, I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see it because right. I know yeah. it's wrong. I don't need to see me doing wrong to know that it's wrong. I already know that. What I did right. was wrong. Yeah. So one thing that's pretty funny is um, trying to figure out how to handle that type of thing live. So now that I do Twitch every week and we try to build stuff, I've had a lot of things go wrong. 
because um, a lot of the things I'm doing on there are like experimental. Like when I first got the lathe, the first time I used it was on the live stream. So I had no clue what I was doing at all. I still don't know what I'm doing, but it's at least less dangerous now. But I've had multiple things just like explode on the lathe. A couple weeks ago, we tried to turn a uh, like a uh, wooden sharpie you know, like take the insert out of a Sharpie and like make a little, and that was really tiny and something I had no experience with that size and that delicacy. And I just destroyed the first one. Like I went straight through it, you know? And so like, I have this choice. I have a couple hundred people watching and I can either like get angry about it and like, well, there goes the last 30 minutes or (laughs) I can just be like, okay, now you guys know not to, you know, (laughs) not to do what I just did. But it's funny because that seems to be happening more and more on Twitch um, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if I told you guys this, I had something catch on fire inside my table saw. Did I tell you about this? Oh, no. Oh, wow. Sparks? This has happened twice now. No, no sparks, just smoke, which is even scarier because they don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> is it because you're, you're cutting a dull, with a dull blade? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's what I kind of figured out. It was both times I was cutting um, uh, basswood, which is really dense. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, very thick. And I was cutting big, tall pieces of it. And so I think that's what it was. I think the blade was dull and it was just a lot of friction just caused mm-hmm. some stuff to burn. But the thing that was really crazy about it, and it ended up not being a big deal and it was safe and everything, but it was weird because I was cutting, I was shooting the video for YouTube and it was live streamed. So I was doing multiple things and thinking about multiple things and I didn't even notice the smoke coming out of the insert on the saw. And people are in the chat going, there's smoke, there's smoke, there's smoke. And I'm, I see sawdust, right? So I'm just like, and I, I step back from it and I'm like, oh, there's smoke coming out of my table saw. <laughs> oh, and it man. was just a little bit. But in that moment, I was like, I can freak out and get worried and be embarrassed. Or I can just be like, okay, guys, let's figure this out. And, it, you know, I did have to take a step back and be like, okay, how do I handle this? One, because I don't know, but how do I want to react to it? And I think it ended up being a good thing because they got to see the process of like, okay, let's unplug everything, disconnect the dust collection so we don't like have, create more danger, and let's figure out what's caused it. Um, but anyway, all that to say, uh, David, <laughs> if you want practice in that, live stream some of your builds because that will stop you from reacting. <laughs> probably. That's probably a great thing. Usually, though, when something yeah. like that happens, when I, could, I know your frustration, Dave, because like I said, I grew up with it. It's usually because, like, the nail gun got jammed once. It got jammed three times, and now it's the fourth time, and you throw it across the room as hard as you can. And, uh, or, you know, talking about being in the presence, like, Dave and I did so many installations in the city in the last eight or nine years in people's houses. And when stuff goes horribly wrong, you have to just, like, like you're flying an airplane. If there's there, or the maid's there, or or the interior decorator's there, we just look at each other. We have a communication that is completely silent. It's like, okay, we don't want anybody to know that we don't know how to fly this plane. We're just going to fly this plane and land it gently, and we're going to figure everything out. So be that cool, was also man. Be good cool. practice and not <laughs> losing your cool in front of the client or the interior designer. Yeah, I bet. And I guess it's that way for like anybody who does their work in front of anybody. Um, you know, that's musicians or artists or speakers or whatever. I guess anybody who's in front of people while they're working, that mm-hmm. would be tough because stuff always goes wrong, you know. But I grew up with a um, in an explosive environment, and it's important to remember that when your mood affects the other people in the room, and so if you're in a good mood, there's chances are like that's going to 
rub off on the other people and it's just going to create a, a better um, a better mood for everybody. But when, you, when you're explosive and um, and you're yelling and cursing and you're having a bad day, that affects everybody else in the room and it brings everybody else down. I mean, I think like that even kind of applies to, <laughs> to bring it back to YouTube, that applies to YouTube comments. Um, that was I was talking to somebody about this over the weekend. That's why it came to my mind. But um, you know, some people like don't care about the comments. They enjoy the back and forth of somebody like being mean, and then they they go back at them and they go back at them, and it's fun or whatever. In my mind, for me, for my channels, if there are negative, uh, mean, grumpy, snotty comments, whatever, Daily. I just get rid of them because <laughs> that sets the just what you were saying. It sets the tone for the conversation there, and I want the conversation, the tone to be positive and yeah. you know uplifting and Daily. honest Daily. and. All that stuff. So yeah, if if you ha- if you're having trouble on your channel with that type of stuff, delete. it's because it may be because you're leaving it there. Yeah. So just do what Jimmy says. Delete, 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 delete. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a feature on YouTube that I'm not sure viewers know about, but there's a feature of hide comments. And so mm. when you do that, that person can still comment on future videos, but nobody can see their comments. So they think everybody... <laughs> so if you're commenting on videos and nobody ever replies to your comments, you've been hidden. you may have said sudden... You've been hidden, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Delete. <laughs> Delete. No, and then the funny thing is, is when they come back up on Taylor's comment section or they come up on... Rockless section, or they come up on make section and mm. they follow me from mm. channel to channel, and they're like, Oh, you're ignoring me? You're ignoring me? You can't. Daily. <laughs> I just make a phone call. Daily. <laughs> they see this. Please, somebody edit together all the Jimmy DeResta's. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> you see this guy? Nathan. Delete. Delete block. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I actually I tend to block people. Not that we want to talk about YouTube stuff. I tend to block people so that they know that mm-hmm. they they did something that I'm not cool with. So that rather than just hiding them, um, I just like for people to understand. And I try not to talk back. But actually, this a couple of days ago, somebody left me a, a kind of rude, it sounded rude, comment. And my response was just like, man, that's a bummer that you have that attitude. You know, but I don't have to justify myself to you. And... Then he came back, or he, she, whoever came back with, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for that to sound rude. What I meant was blah, blah, blah. So that was kind of cool that, you know, it it was maybe just a contextual thing that that didn't happen. But, yeah, usually I just ignore them, delete them. Anyway, didn't want to talk about YouTube. So I have a kind of similar question here to having a bad day and dealing with it. Um, Somebody asked us a couple days ago uh, through email, how do we fight designer block or writer's block or work block, you know, whatever it is that you need to do and you get stuck on the creative part of it, not the time part of it or anything. I think the creative part is the interesting thing. What do you guys do to break out of that and get past it? What I like to do is go to Google image search and just get, you know, I said it in an, in an Izzy Swan uh, conversation once live on Facebook a few weeks ago. He said, you just got to get hit in the face with a bunch of visuals and they, they made it into a meme. Somebody made it into a meme. But you just got to get hit in the face with a bunch of visuals. You just got to go and look on Instagram or look on, you know, whatever that subject is, you know, Google that hashtag, whatever it is, if it's going to be a, you know, you're making a guitar body and you're looking for some interesting shapes or if you're, you know, if you have a subject, if you have no subject at all, then you have like tremendous writer's block and you really got to like zero in on what category you want to at least work in. 
And then once you start dealing with a category, that's when you start looking at Google image search. You soak in as much as you can on that topic. And then you let your mind go to work. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. There's a, uh, there's a couple things. Uh, I use Pinterest more than Google image search. Mm-hmm. And so I save boards, um, I have private boards and, and public boards, and I just collect ideas. And if I'm trying to, so uh, in the future, uh, later this summer, I'm going to build a shuffleboard. And so I'm just starting to gather all these shuffleboard images. And I'm not going to copy a single uh, shuffleboard, but I'm going to take elements and I'm going to make it my own. I like, oh, I like the way these legs are set up on here or I like this angle. And I can do that. Um, another great way, and this works almost every single time, is have a brainstorming session with somebody else. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's Just great. Call a friend. Yeah. My wife is great about that. Um, if I ever get stuck on a design or like I need to make something small this week or something. She is just an endless fountain of ideas. And not all of them are, I don't mean this in a mean way, they're not all good ideas in that they don't all apply to what I would need to do or, you know, they're not all relevant ideas. But you're right, just having another source of input, somebody else's, you know, creative, the mm-hmm. stuff that they've seen or the stuff that they see as a need, having that pushed in there is is awesome. So my response is going to be very similar to the Google image search, except, well, I got two things. One, um... I've only done this a couple of times, and it is really interesting how it changes the way I look at a project. A project. So if like uh, I need to make a lamp, and I start thinking about lamps, so um, I can't decide on the design or whatever, instead of Googling lamps and then seeing what is there and looking for to build something around that, I'll Google robots. Mm, or yep. trucks, or you know something else, not necessarily to make a truck lamp, but to get a different set of shapes and to get a different set of like influences that maybe aren't really related. But um, you know, if you only look at lamps because you want to make a lamp, then you're only going to see things that have already been made in that same space. But if you look at trucks, then you know there's a good chance you're going to see a truck that's never been made into a lamp. <laughs> so, right. Uh, well, I, something to that effect. But you know, mixing your mixing your inputs. Yeah, I think of like the the Kyle Toth. Um, designs that I see like he wants to come up with an original table he looks to the print of a leopard and then tries to figure out how to put that into a table and then all of a sudden that's a very unique just that's his style right so look for influences outside of 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 that whatever you're making yeah and so my other thing was that I always have at least two or three but sometimes five or six things uh, going at one time, not necessarily being built at one time, but like, you know, I'm thinking of like right now I've got the next five weeks of videos in some stage of thought. And some of them are like, I need to design this thing. I need to do some research on this thing. I know exactly what I'm doing on this one. I just got to actually do it, you know, that type of thing. And so if I get blocked on one of those, I have a, a another pool of, immediate projects that I can say, okay, well, I don't know how to make that lamp, so I'm going to go figure out how to make this cake stand because it's an entirely different thing. Um, It's something I also have to do. And by just distracting myself long enough to be productive, you know, on the left, then on the right, there could be room for an idea to pop up, you know, later on. So I think it's rather than being, I mean, it's different for everybody. I guess some people work better with a single focus, but um, rather than only focusing on the one thing that you have to get done and you're stuck on and just beating your head against the wall for that one thing, sometimes it's good to go be creative in a different place 
to give your brain some room to create, you know, in that, that one that you need to get done. So I think you, you brought up a good point there at the end, like, um, that might not work for everybody and everybody is completely different. So when you do find that one thing, remember that for the, for the next time, you know, cause there yeah. is, there's no answer on how to get out of writer's block because it works different for everybody. Yep. Yep. I think you said, you cool. said having several projects at the same time is good. Cause if you have a place to turn to, you could park your mind on something else and not be just waiting in a corner for something to happen. And yeah, that, that's the worst when you don't have anywhere else to look because you yeah. only have one thing to think about. I'm not a multiple projects person. I like to i i i get the i get a weird feeling when I'm working on two things at once. I like to finish one and then move on to the next one. It's just how my brain works. It's just I, I find it satis, satis, more satisfying for me to like completely focus on one thing. Hmm. Just, just showing well, everybody out there that not everybody thinks like I do, or works yeah. like you do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even like in you know outside of the creative stuff like that we do, even within uh, more corporate stuff and like programming anything. I know when I worked on teams of programmers, like you know big, smart, very intelligent programmer people. There were people within the same team that would go about solving problems and an entire project in a really different way. Some of them would start at the beginning and they would truck through it from beginning to end until it was done. Some people would build a little widget over here and they'd go all the way to the end and they'd build a little thing over there and they'd come back, you know, and they would end up getting it all done, but it was by like all over the place. Um, You know, and, and so it's this isn't necessarily just a creative thing. But everybody has a different process for, like, just getting through the amount of work that they have. Sometimes if you're blocked, you just got to go somewhere else and work on something. Sometimes you just got to truck through. So Sometimes you just got to go fishing. That's it. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. My wife was asking me what I wanted to do on my birthday um, today because it's, it's not a big... I, it's not a big deal to me. Birthdays are not a thing. I don't really care about getting older. But she's, like, make, trying to make a big deal out of it. And... Um, She's like, so do you want to like work on the new house or do you want to like go canoeing or what do you, you know, go outside? And I'm just thinking, I'm probably going to want to work on the house. <laughs> I just want to get through it. And she's like, well, it might be good for you to just go play and have fun. But, you know, to me, it's like I being productive and like making progress on this big project thing we have. Is, that sounds way more interesting than like <laughs> canoeing. canoeing or fishing <laughs> or whatever. Remember we said when you, anyway. when, you have, when you love your job, you don't have... To take vacations. That's right. Yeah. Bob? Yep. I think you have a very interesting birthday. Do you want to tell everybody who, when, what day is your birthday? Not particularly. <laughs> you tell everybody you share it with Thomas Jefferson. Did you know that? Oh, I, I, I guess I did know that. Yeah, my birthday is on July 4th. So. so when I was growing up, fireworks every single birthday. That's great. They were all for me. I mean, my parents lied to me, and yes. they were like, "Yeah, look, we got fireworks for your birthday again. Look at this. They're over the whole city. Look at that. They're on TV." Yeah. So, cool. You guys got anything else on these thoughts, ideas, topics? No, just uh, if I if I had to say anything, I would just try and remain calm and always have faith. Carry on. Yeah, remain calm and always have faith that the idea will come to you. As long as you're working on it mentally, it will happen. And you could always make it again. A, you know, if you make something and you look at it after you think it's done, 
make it again. I tell it to students all the time. They're like, are you crazy? I'm not making that again. I'm like, you know, people do things like this for a living. They make them every day. The more you make any particular subject, whether it's a lamp, a book, or a guitar, you're going to get better at it. That's it. Yeah. This is just the first time around or the third time around. There'll be many more. You're going to get and, better each time. And with me, with the overwhelm thing, I know it doesn't seem like that's an issue for you guys as much as it is for me. But one thing that I always try to come back to is that, you know, I try not to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's good enough to worry about itself. I don't need to worry about, like, how do I do all the things so that everything is ready for tomorrow? What I really need to think about is how do I do the thing that's right in front of me? How do I do it well? And then move on to the next thing. So if you you know deal with overwhelm like I do, then just put your head down, focus on what's right in front of you. Maybe that'll help. Cool. Yeah. Well, you guys been watching anything? I know we're kind of running short, but <laughs> well, I recently discovered uh, it's a comedy channel, and it's Liza Koshai. Uh, she Ooh. it's a huge channel. It's it's she's got like nine million subscribers. Oh. But it's hilarious. She is the funniest person on YouTube. It's so good. Um, and they're just like, it, it, she, she, you know, she takes her camera with her to Ikea or Target or uh, she does little skits at home. And then she's just very clever at coming up with little puns. Like she's pulling things off the shelf and making a joke about it. I, it's, a, it's like each video has like five laugh out loud moments. It's, it's real good. If you're... If you if you need a need a break and you need a good laugh, check out Liza Koshai. Koshai, Koshai, Koshai. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, we'll we'll put it in the notes. So you don't have to know how to spell it. Yeah. Uh, I just discovered a little segment that seems like it's going to keep popping up more and more often. It came into my feed, and it's funny. Vanity Fair has a YouTube channel, and Nick Offerman is now contributing to the Vanity Fair YouTube channel. I only found out about this this afternoon when I was kind of just searching my feed. And I just recently clicked on a couple of Nick's things, and I guess they said, oh, you like Nick? Check these new things out. And it's called Common Sense <laughs> 1 and 2, and it's Nick kind of taking his common sense approach to political problems. You know, it's a very dynamic conversation because Nick's extremely liberal, and right away the the other side comments. But Nick's a friend of mine, so I, I like whenever he does anything fun and cool. And then uh, again, another Nick at Vanity Fair is my former student, Nick. Bilton. I talk about Nick from time to time. Nick was my student in the 90s, and he's a very successful reporter, and he's writing books now and stuff. He has a podcast that is published by Vanity Fair called Inside the Beehive with Nick Bilton. And I think he's got a few episodes out, maybe three episodes at this point. And I just listened to the one with Conan O'Brien. And so check out Nick Bilton and Nick Offerman over at Vanity Fair. Nice. Um... I feel bad, but I don't have a recommendation. I have nothing. I have not watched. <laughs> yeah. Can you recommend a rental moving truck company, perhaps? <laughs> I, I could, actually, because the one I got was way cheaper than the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, I literally have not watched any YouTube, read any books, listened to anything. Did I talk about the Elon Musk article? Uh, uh, no, the biography already? Oh, you mentioned it. Yeah, there was just a recent article about how... He could learn so many things at once that was out. Yeah. I just read that. But. Well, I don't know if I... I think I did say it about the documentary. I mean, his biography. But I'm mean, listening to it on Audible. It's really Where's good. the best place to get cheap so. gas between here and Louisville? Between <laughs> best, <laughs> Cheap gas. Just joking. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying I know what you've been up to all week. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't really have anything new. I mean, I, there's a video that I, I'm dying to watch and I haven't watched yet. Laura Kampf, uh, her new video from inside Adam Savage's shop. Oh, yeah. She got I to saw that pop shoot, up. shoot a video in there. I'll put that link. I'm sure it's good. It's her and it's in his shop. Couldn't be bad. Um, so I'll put that there because I want people to see it. Yeah, sorry. I, I just haven't been watching anything new. So I'm kind of behind. Yep. Well, you've been busy. But I have been busy. Yeah, a little bit. Um, before we go, I want to thank our Patreon supporters though, uh, especially Make, Build, Modify and Wise Old Dowl. But everybody over there, and we've had some new uh, supporters on Patreon recently, and that's really awesome. It's very cool to see that come through. Um, and also, like we said last week, we've had some more emails of people saying really nice things. Uh, so that's very cool. There's a guy named Andy who sent us a message talking about, he just had a, a daughter, like three, four days ago, three days ago. And, uh, he, he mentioned how, you know, the talk about milestones, his, his focus was on like getting a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And now it's just turned around to keeping his newborn daughter alive. So it's funny how (laughs) the milestones change. I thought that was really cool. He shared that though. Um, cool. Well, you guys got anything else? I think we're good. Cool. Sorry. It's short. Say happy Memorial day to everybody and thank our men and women who sacrificed keep us free yeah yeah absolutely oh i have one more thing actually and i want to say i know you mentioned this in your in your vlog but i wanted to publicly congratulate you on sobriety oh thank you for you said 30 years i've been sober for 30 years i mean some friends know that you guys i think both knew that but i just i never really talk about it from time to time fans figure it out and i have had some intimate conversations with fans who uh you know need a little bit of help or just want to share with me and and uh, it's amazing. I just said that quickly in the vlog, and a few people are like, hey, it takes more than just stopping. I'm like, of course, I'm not going to go into a whole therapeutic conversation, but <laughs> I had to keep it short and sweet for the vlog. But yeah, that's uh, May 31st. Is I, I I drank half of a Budweiser, and I was drinking like you know a six-pack a day when I was like in my, my teenage years. I drank a lot of beer, a lot of beer and a lot of gin and a lot of whiskey. And so that particular day, I drank half a can of beer, and I put it down and i said maybe maybe this will be my last one and it was hmm. hmm that's awesome all right well anyway i just wanted to call out the congratulate you on that yes. because that is a that's a big deal and it's awesome and i hope it encourages people that need to hear it so um thank you. yeah thanks for dealing with me being late and us running short this week okay. in okay. see you guys next week later all right guys thank you yeah love you seriously i love you for real. I love you. Oh, me? Oh, I love you too. Okay. (laughs) I don't believe that. Say it like you mean it. I love you. (laughs) How's that? Is that good? All right. That's good.